Hey everybody, welcome to TIW Podcast. I'm Eric, and today I watch WWE Monday Night Raw episode 1,355, broadcast on uh, Monday, May 13th, 2019. We're in week 20 of 2019. It's crazy, we're uh, almost to the halfway point of the year, kind of. Not really. We're still a month away from that, month and a half away from that, but um, still, uh, we're we're heading towards this weekend is Money in the Bank. That's pretty exciting. Next weekend is uh, Double or Nothing over there in Las Vegas. That's pretty exciting. Um, and then just a short two weeks after that, I believe it is, is the. Um, uh they just announced the name of it it's the wwe super showdown uh which is the same name it's almost the same name but there's a hyphen was was there a hyphen in the the australia one but this the saudi arabia event which um i may or may not actually watch um because i'll be i'll be traveling that day i think yes something like that but anyway um yeah, I actually enjoyed uh, a few segments of this show. A couple of the matches were, well, one match in particular was fantastic. Uh, but before I get to talking about all of that, um, I want to talk a little bit about the Mandela effect. Um, this popped up in, while I was watching, I was, I was there on Twitter and uh, somebody posted something about the Mandela effect in regards to Looney Tunes. Um, about the difference between it being tunes, T-U-N-E-S, and tunes, T-O-O-N-S. And, um, well, uh, this this instance and other uh, similar instances of this so-called Mandela effect, I believe, are just uh, people being bad at spelling. Um, especially when it's, uh, when you, I mean, it's something that you don't ever type out or write out um and maybe you haven't even watched since you were a little kid or read since you were a little kid like the Bernstein bears that's the big the the big culprit of this in most people's minds is i could have sworn it was spelled with an e it's Bernstein bears with an a i didn't pronounce it like it was with an e so i'm probably not helping with that at all but um hey when was the last time that you read a Bernstein bears book and when had you ever seen the last name uh, uh with s-t-a-i-n at the it's not very common so it would make sense that uh little young minds would uh would like smooth out that uh outlier and think oh it's like all the other names that i've seen that end with that type of ending the steen s-t-e-i-n and would just completely forget about any instance of S-T-A-I-N. Um, so, uh, yeah, not to say. Okay, here is uh, on the Wikipedia page for false memories. Um, false memories can sometimes be shared by multiple people. In, two ta- in, 2010, in 2010, this was dubbed the Mandela Effect. I could have sworn it was in 2008. What? What? by self-described paranormal consultant fiona broom in reference to a false memory she reported of the death of south african leader nelson mandela in the 1980s who was at the time still alive which she claimed was shared by perhaps thousands of other people 
Other such examples include memories of the Berenstain Bears name previ- previously being spelled as Berenstain and of a 1990s movie titled Shazam starring comedian Sinbad as a genie. Um, so that other one is also, it, it's a combination of um, uh, misspelling because that movie is called Kazam and it stars Shaquille O'Neal. And uh, I guess thinking thinking that it's Sinbad because Sinbad is, sounds like it is a character, not the guy, but the or the Sinbad that a lot of people know from Arabian Nights, all of that, that is related to, to genies and all that kind of thing. So it's just not remembering very well. Um, so all this. Okay, su- pseudoscience, back to the article. Pseudoscience commentators such as Broom have speculated about alternate realities as an explanation for such shared false memories. However, most science researchers, I think I'm going to agree with these people, most science researchers and commentators suggest that these are instead examples of false memories shaped by similar cognitive factors affecting multiple people, such as social and cognitive reinforcement of incorrect memories or false news reports and misleading photographs influencing the formation of memories based on them. For example, the false memories of Shazam have been explained as a conflation of memories of the comedian wearing a genie costume during a TV presentation of Sinbad the Sailor movies in 1994. In a similarly named 1996 film, Kazam, featuring a genie played by Shaquille O'Neal. Like what I just said, pretty much. Um, A 2010 study examined people who were familiar with the clock at Bologna Central's uh, Central Railway Station, which had been damaged in the Bologna Massacre bombing in August 1980. In the study, 92% falsely remembered that the clock had remained stopped since the bombing, when in fact the clock was repaired shortly after the attack. Years later, the clock was again stopped and was then set to the time of the bombing in observation and commemoration of that bombing. Um, so, uh, how, okay. Let's see. Um, so how many people, how old were all of those people um, at the time of that bombing in 1980? And did they actually think about it um, until the next time that they actually saw it, which could have been after they stopped it again years later. And then they just maybe assumed, oh, it's been stopped it stopped in in commemoration of that. That must have meant that was stopped. So that I think that's that's pretty explainable as well. Um, but I made the joke on Twitter. I said if every time I misspelled something, it meant that there is another parallel universe that exists, then we are in uh, one of. And I didn't I didn't phrase it exactly like this. I should have. Then we are in one of infinite multiverses, uh, which I may believe anyway. But this thing of it is not proof of that, and it's not because of that, I don't think. What I actually think is that at every single moment, um, it's connected to a a specific timeline that leads up to that moment, and your memories are of that timeline. So you may not have actually been in this timeline that entire time. This goes, it branches out into the past and into the future, every single moment in time. And uh, so I, I think so all the infinite possible universes are uh, held together into uh, 
a loose, very loose timeline by the consciousness so that it makes sense um, in some type of fashion that the consciousness is tuned to do. And so uh, if, I, if, if I remember something from 20 years ago, uh, it might not even matter which whatever way I remember it. Um, and if it was actually the way I remembered it or not, if, if it doesn't have any actual bearing on what the, what is happening in the moment right now. And then, and because of that, and uh, the unreliability of memory in general, whether or not this multiverse theory is true, uh, the unreliability, the unreliability of memory in general, and even the unreliability of our perception of what is around us, of everything we hear, see, taste, smell, everything we sense, at any given moment, a lot of it is just constructed uh, by our consciousness uh, to make sense of it uh, at that time. Uh, for example, uh, something like our, our blind spots, um, the area in our vision that uh, just get filled in uh, by our brain to, to make it a continuous Im- image. It's like the fill, uh, fill content, smart fill content function in Photoshop. It's like, okay, there's nothing here. Uh, like if there's a big black spot in your photo and then you selected it and used that content aware fill and it just takes it's like oh what's around it okay it's probably looks something like that so we'll just copy and paste all of that into there same thing with the blind spot but it's it's more than just that uh cuz you know how many frames per second do we uh, does the the average human uh perceive things happening um it's it's, it's probably uh what is it at least 100 frames per second, something like that. That's when things start to look super smooth that you don't uh, notice um, the actual frame rate as far as like uh, video games and stuff go. Um, so anything faster than that, it doesn't really matter. Um, and a lot of the information just gets ignored or like a compression uh, algorithm, like stuff that stays the same. It's like, no bother, don't bother updating that. Like when you stare at uh, those optical illusions where like the dots start to disappear, uh, it's because like there's no new information. We don't need to do, we don't need to mess with any of that. So anyway, I don't know. Uh, I guess that kind of connects to the Mandela effect. Um, but uh, I, I, I like talking about this stuff and thinking about this kind of stuff. And I think I'll sprinkle it a little bit more in these episodes, especially when they aren't the the top notch episodes to talk about um all right now that we're 11 minutes into this episode let's talk about tonight's monday night raw but before we talk about monday night raw um let's talk about the holy grail uh the story of the most infamous lost tape in the w or whatever the title of the thing is uh a short 30 minute documentary and the, the match itself about uh, a match between Tom McGee and Bret Hart uh, that was recorded. They had commentary for it and everything, but it did not air on television. So it was lost for a number of years. It was in Bret Hart's uh, tape archives, which is secretary. Well, go, go and watch the thing. They tell the story of how the tape got lost and was found again, all that kind of stuff. Um, the match was pretty good. It was pretty, uh, pretty decent, uh, especially for a 1986 match um some pretty cool stuff going on in there and uh the the story of it being that bret hart was just calling the shots and he is the reason that the match was so awesome 
because uh, Tom McGee did not have a, a good match again. Like that was his best match ever, and was not able to replicate that at all. Uh, presumably because he didn't have another match with Bret Hart. Um, so yeah, uh, the story of it is really cool. Um, he's going to be at Starcasts. Uh, Tom McGee is going to be there. Bret Hart is going to be there as well. But um, so that is pretty cool. Um, not a lot of people are going to be able to meet him, talk to him about that match. And now everybody who has a WWE Network subscription can go and watch that match. And I rec- I recommend it, especially if you like um, matches from that era and if you like Bret Hart. Um, they really, really praised Bret in this. Uh, he was one of the ones. Um, actually, this is the. This is the first documentary featuring Bret, featuring Bret Hart where Bret is not really gloating about himself. Um, and I think that is uh, that, that makes me like him a, a little bit more now, I think. But it's, uh, had every, everybody else interviewed for it was talking about uh, how, how good he is. And I think that helps a little bit. It makes it a, a little bit... Uh, easier to agree with them because he he was very 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 good um so uh that that was cool about this documentary as well because some of the other ones i i talked about it on the i did an episode about the one was it 300 days or something like that 350 i i forget what that that documentary is called um where all like all of bret hart's um interviews in that um were about not all of them were about but he he really really talked himself up a lot in that documentary and that put as kind of a sour taste in my mouth um about him but then this one is like the complete opposite and he's won me back over just a little bit um so anyway uh monday night raw uh, Miz TV with Roman and Elias and Lashley attack on behalf of Shane. So you end up with Miz and Roman versus Elias and Lashley, which ended in a disqualification when Shane attacked Miz, threw him into the steps, I think it was. Then we had Mojo Raleigh defeat Apollo Crews. Mojo has cracks on his face. Um, and uh, Apollo got his leg hurt, and Mojo just zeroed in on that and really took advantage of it. Backstage, Alexa is supposed to be not backstage she was supposed to she she's scheduled to be in a fatal four-way match uh between her and the other uh raw contestants of the money in the bank match the ladder match um but she lost her luggage she's on the phone with the the airport or whatever uh taking jabs at the 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 royal baby baby archie and all that she doesn't call it by name but um because she lost her, her luggage, uh, Nikki Cross uh, feels bad for her, and uh, Alexa like actually talks to her, which uh, wins Nikki over immediately, um, much to her detriment, as it will eventually turn out. Um, it hasn't yet, but uh, it's very obvious Alexa is um, just taking advantage of her. So uh, Alexa convinces Nikki, well... Uh, you could take my place in the match and Nikki is actually excited for it. Cause it gets her a chance to be in a match on TV, which is admittedly something that we all want to see for Nikki cross anyway. But, um, what is that shout from? Oh, the shadows from the lights. All shadows are from the lights. 
duh but it's the lamp the shadow of the lamp is being caused by a different lamp light light bulb uh then we had the 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 contract signing between becky lacy and charlotte all right um baron corbin defeated ricochet all right uh ray mysterio versus cesaro um they brawl in the locker room after cesaro uh talks some trash about uh uh ray's son saying uh your son looks more like samoa joe than you are you sure you're his dad and stuff like that uh pretty rude of cesaro gotta say but the the brawl was pretty cool and the match they had uh a little bit later was fantastic uh, but before that, we had that tr- that uh, fatal four-way. I almost said quadruple threat. Um, Naomi versus Natalia versus Dana Brooke versus Nikki Cross. Um, Nikki Cross won the match. Um, ladders did get involved because uh, there were no disqualifications in a fatal four-way. Um, and uh, Alexis was on commentary for this match, which was a lot of fun. And she says, I won because I chose her. That means I win. And so uh, Nikki helped Alexa. They're best friends now. Uh, at least in Nikki's mind, uh, Nikki helps her get a ladder and Alexa climbs up it and grabs the suitcase in a spoiler for Sunday. Um, at least that's what I'm hoping for that, um, Alexa wins. And it could even be because Nikki cross helps because they're on the disqualifications in the ladder match. Are there Uh Rey Mysterio versus Cesaro? Oh my God. Go check this match out. Uh, my favorite moments. And I think probably most people's favorite moments were a delayed one-handed superplex of the top by uh by cesaro delivered to Rey mysterio that was pretty pretty awesome well it's it kind of arrogant if you ask me no it was awesome and then we had uh 619 countered uh cesaro caught ray out of that 619 um into a uh, big swing that was great uh and then after that uh the swiss one nine was avoided by Rey Mysterio and uh then he uh shortly after that hits his own 619 and a big splash off the top and pinned Cesaro for the win. Uh the newest edition of Firefly Funhouse uh we learned Bray's secret that he is a psycho mutant clown thing. So, yeah. And then our main event, Sami Zayn versus the uh the Br- uh Sami Zayn versus Braun Strowman. Uh Braun has has his uh spot in the Money in the Bank ladder match on the line against Sammy. So if Sammy wins, then he is in the match. Um uh, it's a falls count anywhere, and so they end up up in the concourse where uh Baron Corbin starts wailing away at these guys. Um Well, before that, during Sami Zayn's entrance, he like danced up the ladder and dancing on top of the ladder. I really enjoyed that uh but uh they're fighting up in the concourse where uh baron corbin got his his uh his lashes in and then um uh backstage drew joined in the fun and then finally uh, over on the stage back out in the arena um braun just kept kicking out there were some pin attempts made but um back out on the stage uh they throw him through a ladder and they uh basically triple pin him the weight of all three of them put down onto um, uh, onto Sammy and through into Braun Strowman to get the pin. So Sammy Zayn is in the ladder match, and I kind of want him to win now. But uh, we'll see what happens on SmackDown uh, if 
uh, one of the other uh, the SmackDown contestants. I keep calling him contestants. The SmackDown um, entrance, the contenders, um, in the ladder match. If any of them get me more excited than Sami Zayn does. By the way, go go look up Jack Swagger, or rather Jake Hager, um, in his uh, Bellator fight from this weekend after after his match, talking about how hard he got um, uh, uh, emotionally and his fight boner. This uh, this episode's getting banned from from iTunes and YouTube, probably. There's a algorithm to find uh people talking about talking about the word boner if, if they're talking about tromboner um uh let's see let's see oh oh hey this is a very important thing um i think this is a brilliant strategy on baron corbin's part that after after the win after Sami Zayn got his spots uh they all retreated to the backstage and braun Strowman came back to his senses and Baron Corbin threw Sami Zayn back out to be beaten to death by Braun Strowman. He was put through a, through the table, through the announce commentary table, and um, yeah, that uh, that puts their newly uh, newly entered opponent on a stretcher. Uh, it puts him out, possibly out of action for that match. But maybe it'll backfire. Maybe Braun will get put back into it. We don't know. Um, we'll find out on Sunday, but, uh, yeah, if, if he is still in the match and he is like, just like limping around and like barely able to walk, that makes it all the more easier, all the easier, all the easier, all the more, that's redundant, all the easier for Baron Corbin and, or Drew McIntyre to win. But I mean, there's no way they're going to help one or the other to win. They're they're They both want that thing um so yeah they're i think they're gonna neutralize each other uh causing neither one of them to be able to get that uh that briefcase who else is in the match ricochet is in there um i I already talked about how he was beaten by corbin earlier that was kind of yeah where did that happen but i do really enjoy every single time i've talked about this before every single time that baron corbin is introduced as that town's favorite son i enjoy that very much it makes me laugh and i and i like it a lot um another thing that may, really made me laugh earlier is a tweet from um so the original tweet was a let's see let's see let's see the original tweet uh was somebody talking about shoot okay here we go uh a tweet from the av club uh, I guess it's the this is probably the the headline of the article that you're linking. Rami Malek to hunt a serial killer with Denzel Washington, and then the link. And uh, this was retweeted or it was quoted by Jermaine Clement, and he just says, "Good luck, guys." <laughs> Good luck on the hunt. You can get him. I enjoyed that a lot. So, if in any of the many multiverses you enjoyed this episode uh, or not, let, let me know by tweeting me at TIW Podcast. 
Go to TIWpodcast.com for more reviews. If you enjoyed this episode or anything else on the site, please share some links with your friends. Subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, wherever you like to listen to this thing. And I'll be back real soon uh, with another episode about Doom Patrol. I'm, I'm, I'm determined to be caught up before I head to Comic-Con Revolution this weekend. Uh, go to DemonJackal.com for more information about that. Um, and, of course, tomorrow night uh, will be SmackDown Live and 205 Live, also from the O2 in London. Um, and then, uh, of course, this week's NXT and NXT UK on Wednesday. Stay tuned for all of that and more. Uh, thanks for listening. This has been TIW Podcast. Stay safe out there, super friends, in all the infinite multiverses. Bye.